Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, The Lord Lifted David's Kingdom Up on High Because of His People Israel. It shall be focused on the study of 1 Chronicles chapter 14. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we read in this scripture to see that, Lord, you established the kingdom of David for the sake of your children. We thank you, Lord, to see that David here, Lord, had recognized that you were with him for the purposes of using him to lead your people. We thank you for his humility to recognize that he didn't deserve any glory himself, but you had done it really to exalt yourself among the people. So help us, Father, when you've given us different roles to serve your children in, that we might recognize that it's not for any of our self-glory, but it's to the benefit of your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Chronicles chapter 14. Chapter 14 Now Hiram king of Tyre sent messengers to David and timber of cedars with masons and carpenters to build him an house. And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel, for his kingdom was lifted up on high because of his people Israel. And David took more wives at Jerusalem, and David begat more sons and daughters. Now these are the names of his children which he had in Jerusalem. Shemua, and Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon, and Ibhar, and Elishua, and Elpalit, and Noga, and Nephig, and Jephiah, and Elishama, and Beeliada, and Eliphalet. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David, and David heard of it, and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thine hand. So they came up to baal Perazim, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place baal Perazim. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and they were burned with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be, when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God has gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. David therefore did as God commanded him, and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gaza. And the fame of David went out into all lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. Up next we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Show Us the Father and It Will Satisfy Us. 
This was preached in 1953 on June the 11th. We'll begin at paragraph 106. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. God is in his universe. He certainly is. I watched him until he got plumb out of sight. I thought, oh God, uh, let's, it's good to be here. Let's build three tabernacles. Watching God in his universe, watching him among his nature, seeing what he's doing. God's moving in his treetops. David said one time he was laying there, he was waiting, and he said he heard the wind going between the mulberry limbs, and he was ready to go on. I tell you, if there ever was a time we need a moving in nature and moving in man, it's the day. That's right. Noticing him. How he, he, or one time here not long ago, I come home, I was so tired, I couldn't hardly stand up. I've been ministering and ministering to the people in Texas. I so wore out. I come out and sit on a little old swing was in the side yard. I happened to notice there was some old sand cranes going flying down like that going on into the river, down to the falls. They all gather there at night. I was talking to my wife, and up come my piano player, Mrs. Gibbs. She come up, she looked at me sitting there, I was wore and lost about 15 pounds of weight. And she just started crying, put something on my lap, and I said, come on, Sister Gertie. She said, you, you look so bad, Brother Billy, and run out. I sat there, my wife and I tore it open, and there I looked, is a picture at a window where the sea was right level with the window. And there was a ship coming in and the sun going down and the star coming out. And there was a poem, Sunset and Evening Star and One Clear Call for Me. May there be no morning at the bar when I put out to sea. You know the poem. Just then some old sand cranes went across, crawk into one another, all gathered together. God had fed them all day long out in the crawfish and so forth around the ponds. There's gathering in down there at the falls that night together with their kindred to roost through the night. God had fed them all day long. They didn't neither sow, neither did they toil, but God had fed them. And when nighttime come, he had a place down on the rocks to provide for them. And then two of my favorite birds, which is robins. Don't you boys hurt my little robins around here. And they flew up. They fed their little ones all day long, sang a little song for me, went into the nest. I sat there, and my wife, which is present now, sat there, and the tears began to come down my face. She said, what's the matter with you, honey? I guess you're just a out. I said, no, honey, I'm watching God. She said, watching God? I said, yes. Yes, hear him down there in the most sand cranes going down there? She said, no, I don't believe I do. I said, do you hear him in that robin a few minutes ago? I said, he's cared for him all day long. It's coming time now to go to bed, and he's made a place for him to roost all night long. They fed their little ones today. And some of these glorious days, when I too, the sunshine of my life, shall be setting in yours too. I believe God has a place that I can somewhere. Hallelujah! Where we'll gather with His people. Don't you believe that? God will make a way of escape. Here some time ago, there was an infidel went across the country on 20, 30 years ago. And he was tearing up churches, smart, intelligent man. And he was tearing up churches and saying there was no such a thing as God. He went to England. He was too smart for him here. And he took off to England, made converts there. His health broke down and he'd come back, went out west to rest up. One day he'd make fun of the Bible when he talked about how the antediluvian destruction had cut the hills and so forth. 
he thought that was nonsense. So he took a little walk one day out along a path. He got to looking here and the winds coming out across the mountains and he looked at them big rocks hanging there. He said, oh, Mr. Rock, he said, really, did you come the way I think you did? Or did someone, I don't know, put you there? Brother, I'm telling you, if preachers will hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry out that infidel fell on his face there and gave his heart to Christ. Why? The clergyman held their peace, but nature cried out in the midst of it all. God's in his universe. Why? He said, God is able these stones to bring children unto Abraham. God in his universe. How he moves amongst his species. How he moves amongst his trees, among his birds. How he moves in his sunsets. How he moves in his sunrises. How he moves in all nature. You believe God is in his universe? Yes, sir. Then look out there at that tree. Look at anywhere you want to. There's God. Amen. You couldn't keep from believing. But what God is in his universe. Certainly he is. Look at the world, how it folds around. Every 24 hours it turns like this, and every 365 days it goes around the equator. What in the world holds it up there? What is it? What keeps it there? Because God said so. He set the moon yonder and said, Moon, I want you to watch over. I've seen them big sea waves. When I've been out in them, they'd be almost high as this building here, beating against the ships and so forth. I've seen them how angry they'd fly against that bank and say, I'll come on across. And remember, two-thirds of the world are better than water. How easy it could sweep over the land. But you know why it don't? God said, moon, you watch it. I'll set its boundaries and it can't pass. Amen. God sets his boundaries. How do you know your boundary lines are set tonight to make your decision for Christ or turn him away for your lifetime? There's a line drawn, a plumb line. God sets His boundaries. God is in His nature. God in His universe. Moving among His people. God moves out. We look at it and see and behold how great His handiwork is. What He does. How He works in His nature to bring mankind to Him. I've seen Him in tornadoes. seen Him in great things. How that God moves. Well, we all know now that God is in His nature. I have to hurry. I could put about an hour and a half on that. God in His universe. How great He is. Now let's take God in His Word. We all agree that God is in His universe. All right, let's put God in His Word. Is God in His Word? Yes, sir. God is in His Word. He will perform His Word every time, every place. Anyhow, He says it. He'll take care of His Word. Any man that's ever had any, made any showing at all in life <clears throat> has been man who has trusted God and took Him at His Word. Right. Man that doesn't take him at his word never amounts to a hill of beans. We've had a George Washington, a Abraham Lincoln, and whatever more, but the greatest man that the world has ever had has been those who put their simple faith in God. Come down to, if I could ask any man tonight, what do you think about God? If I could call the prophets up, the thing was asked one time, whose son is this? And the Greeks come, and Jesus asked them, he said, whose son is he? And one said one thing and one another. But God it was in His Word, and He was in His Son, and He is in His people. Now, in His Word, every word of God is a seed. And every seed will produce just exactly what it is. You farmers know if you plant a grain of seed, if it's a wheat, it'll come up a wheat. Whatever it is. And every word of God, Jesus said, a sower went forth to sow seed. And 
the seed God said, Jesus said was the Word of God. Is that right? Yes. Then the Word of God will produce any divine promise in your made. If it'll fall in the right kind of a ground, it'll produce just exactly what it said it would. I want you to notice. I notice around here you have a lot of apple trees, apple growers, fruit. That's fine. Cherries and so forth. Did you know your little apple tree, when it was just about that big, it had every apple in it that you'll ever get off of it? When it's just about that height, maybe had maybe that apple tree will produce a hundred or two or three hundred bushel of apples. And there's two or three hundred bushel of apples in the tree when it's just about that big, a half inch high. Did you know that? Every leaf that'll ever be on the trees in it right then. Every apple, every blossom, everything that's on the tree will ever be on the trees in it right then. If it isn't, where does it come from? It's in the tree right then. Now, the only thing you have to do is to plant the tree. And then what it has to do is to go to drawing. And it has to drink and drink and drink till it drinks more than its lotted part. It has, to do, it has to drink till it gets the full. It pushes out. It pushes out leaves. It pushes out buds. It pushes out limbs. It pushes out apples. Now, that's the way we are when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to you sick people now. You that are born again of the Spirit of God, when God planted you in Christ Jesus, which is the inexhaustible fountain of life, everything you have need of was put in you when you received the Holy Ghost for your life's journey. That's right. For your healing, for your salvation, for your joy, for your happiness. The only thing you have to do is push out, drink, drink, push, drink, push. Hallelujah. Everything's there. You just have to let it loose. Go to pushing, go to drinking, go to stirring, go to reaching out. Deeper depths, higher heights. It's all there. You don't need some divine healer to come by to heal you. The divine healing has already been purchased at Calvary. The only thing you have to do, you're planted in Calvary in Christ. Drink from the fountain that never runs dry. Hallelujah! Oh my! I think of a no talk about drinking. I used to go into the mountains. I think about a spring I used to go to there. And how that spring was the happiest spring i ever seen. Why, well, it was just a bubble, 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 bubble all the time. Every year when I went there, it was always bubbling. I sat down one day to talk to that spring. I said, Mr. Spring, what makes you so happy? Because deers drink for you? From you? He'd speak a talk. He'd say, well, no, Brother Brown. I'd say, maybe bears drink from you. What makes you so happy? That's what makes you bubbling. He'd say, no. I'd say, maybe I come here every year and you like me. And that's the reason what's making you bubble. Why, he'd say, no, it's not me bubbling. It's something behind me bubbling me, pushing me. And that's the way it is with an old-time born-again Christian. It ain't him being so noisy. It's something behind him making him noise, bubbling him up, pushing him out, shouting him out, getting him into higher heights and deeper depths of Christ. Amen. That's right. It's not them. I noticed a nightingale. When he sat in a bush, there used to be one when I used to pastor down there at the Milltown Baptist Church. I'd come home and stay with Brother Wright down there, Brother Woods. And I'd, I'd come home at night, and that nightingale, I'd admire it. It would sit there every night and just sing to the top of its voice. Now I thought, oh my, isn't that beautiful. Now around my place up there, they almost call it Nightingale Hill. There's so many nightingales. I like them. They just sing all night. And I wonder what makes them. I begin to read up on the nightingale. Well, the nightingale, no matter how dark the night is, you look around, and the clouds are going over, and when he can see one star... 
That's all he has to see. He'll look right straight to that star and sing to the top of his voice. I thought, oh, Lord, I, I see you there, too. <laughs> yes, sir. Why, why? As long as I can hear a good old amen or a hallelujah or a praise the Lord or a good shout, I tell you, the nightingale, the reason he sings that is because that it's the, the sun are shining on the star. If I would say to that star, what makes you shine? He'd say, it's not me shining, Brother Branham. It's the sun shining on me. Well, that's what's the matter with an old time, what an old time Holy Ghost born again, old-fashioned camp meeting revival is. It's not them people excited. It's the power of God shining on them, shining out, giving light. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of nightingales in the Holy Ghost Church, and when they see the first ray of light, they ring out the praises of God. Hallelujah! He said, if they hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. Something has to take place when that mighty Russian powers of God sweep over his audience of people. Hallelujah! Sure, God is in his word. God confirms his word. God keeps his word. Yes, sir. Little old David, I remember him. Keeping God's word. Certainly, he was up there one day and he had had a battle. And the battle was going bad. So he, God had come to him with the prophet and anointed him and told him what he was going to be. So David was satisfied. The word of God was on him. He goes up there and there come up. He went up to see his brothers, tuck him up some raisins and some fresh stuff to eat. And there's a big old giant on the other side of the hill by the name of Goliath. Oh my, what a horrible bolster he was. And he stood out there and he said, Say, any of you people over there that like to fight? He's just about five times the size of any of the rest of them. That's the way the devil does when he thinks he's got the edge on you. He'll sure blow like an old goose. And he said, Oh, some of you guys come out here and fight me. He said, I'll make you a proposition. Now, let, no, let's not cut up the whole armies. Let, let one of your men come over here and fight me. And if he whips me, well, we'll serve you. We Philistines. But if... Uh, if I whip him, then, then you all serve me, serve this country. Oh, how the devil likes us. Do it like that, you know. When he thinks he's got the edge. He said, well, where are you all at? And I mean, there's just like a little mouse on the other side. They were all quiet. Nobody had a word to say. God had a little old boy back there with a shepherd's coat on who knew God. And knew God kept his word. That's right. You had to be up there one day when Goliath made that boast. He said, say he made his boast at the wrong time. <laughs> there had to be somebody there. Believe God. <laughs> yes, sir. Like to say the days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as divine healing. Try to take it out of churches. The power of God. And these Pentecostal people's only excited. They made their boast one time too often. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They said, oh, it'll finally die down. Yeah, I know they said it'll die down. Uh-huh. Long time ago when the church first started... And uh, Wesley got all typed off there and all organized so the Spirit couldn't move in it. When they started out, they said, all oh, you people back there in your little alley somewhere back in a little bitty bunch, but they, they'll never amount to anything, but they forgot Samson's hair has grown out now. <laughs> That's right. Something's changed. The colors has changed. That's right. I said, oh, it'll soon burn out. There's nothing to it. It'll soon fan away. Listen, brother or sister. That's right. When you back down a while ago when some of you fellows out on the street corner there with an old guitar paving the way for these kind of meetings, back there at the church, every famous picture must first go through the hall of critics before it can be hung in the hall of fame. And I'll tell you, that's what the church has done today. It's went through the critics. 
But one of these mornings, God's going to hang her in the Hall of Fame out there in the shores of the world. That great redeemed church sprinkled all the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, symbol of the dove that was turned loose with blood upon her wings, it cried, Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. When she passed across that symbol of leprosy, which was a type of sin, that same church is going to be caught up one of these mornings, hung in a hall of fame that she's tucked to the air on her. Hallelujah. God keeps his word. God come on and said, Say, anybody want to fight? David said, Well, who's that guy? <laughs> said, Oh, he's a Philistine. He's a warrior. He's a great guy. He's got us all bluffed around here. He said, Do you mean to tell me that you let that uncircumcised Philistine stand there and defy the armies of the living God? Why? He said, Shame on you. He said, I'll go find him. Oh, he said, Boy, run home back. Take care of your sheep. <laughs> Why, well, my? He said, I'll never stand and let that be like that. So they took him up to Saul, and Saul was seven foot, you know, so great big fellow standing there. He said, Now look, son, I admire your courage, but said, That man is a, is a warrior from his birth, and you're nothing but a youth. Why, you couldn't fight that man. Now, like the little Davy, you know what he's talking about. He had a witness, he had a testimony. He said, Your servant was herding sheep out there one day, and a lion come in and grabbed the kid and run off with it. And I went and caught him by the beard, took it out of his mouth. He said, a, a bear caught a lamb, started away with it, and I slew him. He said, and the same God that delivered me out of the paws of the bear and out of the mouth of the lion will deliver me from that uncircumcised Philistine. Hallelujah. He knew what he was talking about. Hallelujah. But the same Holy Ghost that give me eternal life will heal me when I'm sick. It'll take me to rapture. Hallelujah. God's just as much in His Word on divine healing as His own salvation. If the world's walking at divine healing, why do you care? They're walking the Holy Ghost you and you know you got it. God's in His Word. Sure is in His Word. He said, that uncircumcised Philistine. Now I want you to watch how a man gets away from God like Saul did. He said, come here then. I'm going to give you five years in the cemetery, a seminary, both the same place. Bunch of dead people. I always feel sorry for a seminary... Well, maybe I better not say that. I always think about a seminary preacher like an incubator chicken. He just chirp, 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 ain't got no mammy to go to. <laughs> I don't care how much theology you learn unless you're born again, you're lost. Hallelujah. Right. It's the truth you've got to know of God by an experience of being born again. That uncircumcised Philistine, he might have been religious. But, brother, there's a whole lot of difference between being religious and being even fundamental and being born again. Ah. So, Saul said, looky here. I'll put my armor on you. So, could you imagine little David with his shoulders about like that, with these big armors sticking out about like this, armor of nail. He put it on him. He said, take the thing off. <laughs> I can't go like that. And when they tie you all down to this kind of religion, you must say, oh man, this way, and you must do this way, and make your vows like that. Saul found out that his great big old ecclesiastical vest didn't fit a man of God. <laughs> it never does. No, sir. A man of God will go in the power of the Spirit. I don't care what the church He always will. Yes, sir. He found out that clergy vest didn't fit him. That's right. He said, take the thing off. I've never proved it. <laughs> I don't know nothing about it. 
That's why you don't know nothing about your big words and how to form your this, that, and that and repeat the doxology and say, oh man, like a calf dying with the cramps. But I'm telling you, brother, what we need tonight is a man's got an experience and knows what he's talking about. He's got power of God who can back it up. Amen. Excuse me, I'm not supposed to put my foot up on there, but I feel good. All right. Let me tell you, brother, God is in his word. He keeps his word. He sure does. I can see that little David. <laughs> my, my. He said, well, how are you going to go out there and fight that fella? Look at him out there. He said, well, I'm going to trust God. God's done promised it, and I don't know how he's going to make the way, but I'm going. <laughs> he went out to meet this big Goliath. And here he come, then he throwed off the old vest, and that's where it is today. You can't wait till you go through and take 10 years of college and 10 years of this and get your bachelor's degree and all these DDDD. DD stands for dead dog anyhow, so just let the thing go. Come on, preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Here he comes all along. Here he comes out there, you know, and he goes out to meet old Goliath. And first thing old Goliath looked at him and said, well, who's this little shrimp coming? And he walked out. That's where it was. When I first started a few years ago, although I met a bunch of fanatics as far, that's true. But let me tell you something, brother. There's a real genuine article behind it. All the power of God. They said, you can't prove divine healing and no such a thing as that. And all like this, said, the opposition is too great and things like that. But who is that uncircumcised Philistine who will challenge the Word of God? That's right. Who is he? All right, just having a time of it. Little old David picked up that slingshot said, I know what this thing will do. <laughs> I've tried it. Now, brother, I don't want none of your seminaries experience. I don't want none of your this or that or that. Or, but the thing I want, the same baptism of the Holy Ghost that saved me and raised me up, that same Holy Ghost will take me out of Hallelujah! That's what I want to know. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. When he calls, I'll come out from among the dead. That's the main thing, in the power of his resurrection. Not some fundamental doctrine of something. Now, that's all right, brother, but the truth without the Spirit is dead. Right. You've got to have spirit behind it. That's true. Abraham believed God, but God gave him the circumcision as a seal. And the seal of the promise that you do believe God, God gives you the Holy Ghost as a seal, as a proof that you do believe Him. And if you people get all the superstitions away from your mind right now, God will seal you into His kingdom by His Holy Ghost. Amen. What's that? That's God's Word. He said He would do it. He said He would do it. Oh, my, I feel religious tonight. Let me tell you something, brother. That's, I see David and reached down there and he picked up, crossed a little creek and picked up five rocks. Goliath said, do you mean to tell me you come? said, why, this day? He said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'll take you into my spear and I'll hang you up and let the birds eat your flesh. That didn't startle that little fellow. You know what thus saith the Lord meant? Walked on over there, you know, he was uncircumcised. He didn't know what he's talking about. God promised to take their part, and he believed he'd do it. God promised to heal our sickness, I believe him. God promised to give us the Holy Ghost, I believe him. God promised he's going to take us to glory, I believe it. That settles. It's in God's Word, and I believe it. That's all, and God's in his Word. He always confirms it. Then the first thing you know, I noticed, and here come this guy, I said, I'll do all this to you, make this big boast. Look at little David. He said, you meet me as a Philistine with an armor and with a spear, but I meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. <laughs> There's something different. Hallelujah. Said, this day I'll cut your head from your shoulders. <laughs> oh, what a blow for a little bitty boy. He said, I'll show you. Now imagine he gritted his teeth and here he comes. And little David now, five rocks. J-E-S-U-S. In a slingshot. 
round in five fingers. F-A-I-T-H. Faith in Jesus. Here he comes. Brother, away he went. He swung that stone and killed that giant. Hallelujah. And what did he do? While the rest of them took courage and pulled their swords and cut Philistines from to the walls. What we need today is one man or one woman like David who will take God at his word and stand out there. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, to see that you are certainly in your universe. And Lord, we thank you for your word to recognize that as David went up against the Philistines and how he had learned his lesson from the prior situation of Lord how the young man Uzzah touched the ark and lost his life. And now he had learned his lesson to seek your leading in everything. Help us to be humble like David, to recognize our mistake and to correct it through your word. And Lord, to, to be humble enough to accept that correction that we need to make in correct course. So we see now here, the Philistines came, he consulted you. They came again in the same way. He did not presume he consulted you again. And sure enough, we had a different order for him this time. So help us to have the attitude that David had and the spirit upon him. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and help us, Father, when we hear that rustle in the mulberry trees, may we know that the move is on and take on and fight the battle with all our might. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
the head.